Okay, so uh, welcome to class. We've got a few people who are new to Feldenkrais tonight. Uh, so I'll just give a little orientation as we go. Now you know you can take your glasses off and store them somewhere else. You won't need them for the next 45 minutes or hour. And uh, a lot of you are already doing step one, stretch out on the floor. In Feldenkrais, we use the floor as a kind of a mirror. So you literally can scan over how you're making contact with the floor. And the funny thing is that tells you something about your day-to-day habits of movement, about your strategies for uh, operating in gravity, you might say. How much tension do you have in your back? You don't need that when you're lying on the floor, but you carry some of it with you as a kind of a habit. Um, how much tension in your feet or in your legs. You don't need any of that when you're lying on the floor. But there are residuals of that. So everybody, really, your imprint as you lie on the floor like this is as individual to you as your fingerprint. Um, and unlike your fingerprint, though, it's really interesting. It's like a, a record of, of all of your habits of movement. If you're heavier on the left side than the right when you're lying on the floor, well, probably you stand with your left side held further back. If your arch behind your low back is really high when you're lying on the floor, it's probably really high when you're, um, when you're standing or sitting or doing everything you need to do in your daily life. So this process of checking in with the floor is like a process of checking in with yourself and how you operate in the world. So as you lie on the floor, feel, let's feel in particular the patterns of where you're touching the floor and where you're not touching the floor and how heavy you are on the floor and how much support you get from the floor. So you feel your heels, definitely. Some part of your heels weighs into the floor. Maybe it's more on the back, more on the sides. And then behind your ankles, there's space. And at some point, your calves touch The floor, do they touch or do they rest on the floor? Are they really getting support from the floor? Can you make sense of that question? I'm going to ask you a million questions in the next 45 minutes or an hour, and it's all right if you can't answer them all for yourself. They direct your attention. They'll help you even if you can't answer them. And then there's space behind your knees. And how far does that space continue? Do your thighs rest on the floor? Do they touch the floor? Is the next place that touches the floor your buttocks, the back of your pelvis? And what's the weight there? Is it heavier? On one side, do you make more contact on one side of your pelvis than the other? Then we're up to the realm of this very important spine, your whole torso. How big is that space behind your back? If you were cutting out a piece of foam to fit exactly in that space underneath your low back, how big would it be? How far would it extend up? Does your spine rest on the floor at the level of your chest or between your shoulder blades? Where does it contact the floor again? And what's the shape of that contact? And of course, the next arch is your neck. There's that space behind your neck. What size or shape of foam would you cut out to just perfectly support you behind your neck. 
And is your head resting on the floor? Is it getting support from the floor? Or is it pushing into the floor? Or is it kind of hovering above the floor because you can't really set it down and trust it? What's your feeling? And then your arms resting. There's a lot of individuality there. There's uh, where, where are your palm up, palm down? Is the little pinky side of your hand on the floor? I didn't give you any instruction about that. You just chose what made sense to you. So notice what that is. And we're going to vary between some different positions tonight, but especially if you're new, I want you to know that the most important thing in Feldenkrais is uh, just being comfortable enough that you can attend to what we're actually doing. We are not a no-pain, no-gain method at all. Pain isn't useful. We're here for learning, for feeling more of ourselves. And when we feel pain, all we're feeling is, oh, better stay away from that. So you're not learning anything useful if you're feeling pain. More concretely, that means if you need to bend your legs and stand them, because even though I told you to keep them long, you do what you need to do. If you need to interpret any of my instructions differently so that you're doing the same idea but within a range that's comfortable for you, that's all right. That's what everybody's doing at the end of the day. So you adjust things for yourself or grab my attention and get me to do that. So with that in mind, that this is not no pain, no gain, that this is about doing comfortable movement within the range that's easy for you, if you can keep your legs long for a little while longer, keep them long and stretch out your arms at your side, so at a 90-degree angle at your sides. And you might need to adjust with your neighbors, like move a little bit up or down. Maybe you're all right. looks like people are mostly all right. See if you've got enough room next to the wall. So add a straight out to the sides at a 90-degree angle and put your... Arms in a loose fist. I mean, your hands in a loose fist. Just a loose fist. Just slightly curled in. And begin now to roll your arms and roll your fists and roll your arms down in the direction of your feet. So you're rolling towards going palm down. And you do that slowly, gradually, so you really feel with the movement, feel how easy it is, feel when you start with your Wrist, well, do you feel your elbow engaging already? Does your elbow engage later? When does it come to your shoulders? So, and then you roll back up to where you started from, palm up with your hands in a loose fist. So your fingers lightly curled, you roll down, and then roll back up. And just feel for yourself. I'm not going to push you to go farther. I'm not going to ask you to go farther. But just feel for yourself what feels like it's preventing you from going farther. We spend far too much time trying to push ourselves past our limitations and not nearly enough time trying to get to know them in a friendly way. So just feel what, what seems to stop you from going further. And then let's add another ingredient. So come back up to having your your resting position. And as you roll your hands, lift your head to look down towards your toes. And then as you roll your hands back, put your head down. So you do that a few times and see if suddenly your wrists and arms can't roll further. Just do that a few times. Feel those together, feel how they go together. Is that one movement or two movements? 
How does lifting your head from the floor sort of peel your shoulders and let your arms roll further? And then the next time you've rolled with your fists down, leave your fists turned down, roll down, and put your head back down on the floor. So leave your fists in this position and slowly, slowly, slowly put your head back on the floor. And then the next time you lift your head, can you roll your hands a little bit further? Just kind of do that in two pieces and then go back to where you started from and lift your head, rolling your hands down. And then see if you can separate your head again and put your head back on the floor. And then lift your head again and take your arms even further in that rolling. And then leave that. That's enough. Bring your arms down and take a rest. And feel if anything's changed already and how your shoulders rest on the floor, your arms, what the space behind your back is like. One of the big selling points of Feldenkrais, we like to say, except for probably compared to a meditation class, the only thing that does this more than we do, nobody will ever ask you to do so little in your life and then to take a rest. So we really are the method for lazy people. We believe laziness is a virtue. Laziness is another word for efficiency. It's doing everything you need to do with the most efficient, minimal use of energy. And during these breaks, absolutely, if you need to lie on your side to rest, if you need to have your feet bent, anything you need to do as a rest for you. If you've been doing Feldenkrais for a while, you're probably fine just to rest lying on your back. But do whatever you need to do to be comfortable during the rest. And then if you're comfortable, once again, stretch out your legs. If you're not comfortable, have your legs bent and standing shoulder width apart. But if you're comfortable, have your legs long. Still stretch your arms out at the 90-degree angle on either side. And now with your hands in those loose fists, once again in those loose fists, roll your hands upwards, roll your arms upwards so you're going to open your, well, don't open your hands, keep them in the loose fist, but turn your palms up towards uh, the Roof, the wall that's uh, kind of over your head, towards the wall over your head. Roll up, and it's really more a rolling than a sliding, so your elbow will come off the ground as you roll your arms. And feel on this side what feels like it's getting in your way. Why can't you go further? Don't try to go further. Don't push it. Don't strain. doesn't matter how many times you say don't strain. People will strain. But just think for yourself, could I do it with less strain? And see... Be more curious about where you feel the first sign of resistance than how far you can go. Be curious about that. And then we'll try helping it. Bend your knees and stand your feet. Now everybody bend your knees and stand your feet and have your knees standing over your feet. So your feet are a little bit apart. Your knees are standing over your feet. And now as you roll those gently formed fists upwards, Lift your pelvis and shift the weight 
of your body up towards your shoulders and roll your hands upwards at the same time. And try a few times to see if that... Oh, and let me comment on something. If you have pillows under your head, the pillows might no longer be helping you at this point. They might be getting in the way. So you might want to scoot the pillows out. You can put them back in later. Go up and then come down again. So do this a few times. See if you can feel like you did with the rolling down and lifting your head. As you roll up, is the whole movement of your spine, is the shift of the weight underneath you, does that help you roll your fists up? So you're rolling your fists up, rolling, twisting your whole arm, like your arm's kind of a pencil on the floor, and you're rolling it upwards. And then you lift your pelvis, and that shifts the weight, and probably that helps your wrists, your arms roll a little further. And then try this trick you did with your head. Stay with your fists rolled up, but lower your pelvis. How far can you lower your pelvis back to the floor before your arms follow? See if you can lower your pelvis back to the floor, but actually differentiate it from your arms now. And then lift your pelvis again and see if your arms will roll even a little bit further up. And try that a few times. Really interesting feeling. You've got your arms rolled up and then you start to put your pelvis back down and you feel sort of everything slide out from underneath your shoulders, between your shoulders and in your neck. How does that open up space? And then come back to the floor, come back to the starting place for your arms, and just stay for a moment. Don't stretch out your legs. Stay for a moment like this. And a few times now, roll your arms down, lift your head to look towards your legs, and see if that's become any easier. And just try it once or twice. There's no holding in Feldenkrais. It's about feeling the movement, just checking how far you go, and then coming down again. And when you've checked in, that's all you need to do. So just stretch out your legs and take another rest. And uh, notice what you notice when you rest. It's kind of a meta question. Notice what you notice. Bring your arms down alongside you to a comfortable resting height. Maybe you notice something different about your contact with the floor. Maybe you notice the after effects of the movement you've been doing. So you think to yourself, okay, I can afford to do more. Or you think to yourself, oh, I better lighten up and do a little bit less next time. If you're feeling kind of heat or irritation anywhere. Maybe you notice other things. Maybe you notice your breathing change. Does your breathing change? Have your thoughts changed? And then come up to sit. 
And find a way to sit that's symmetrical. So you could either sit with the soles of your feet together, your knees out to the side, or you could actually kind of kneel, you know, like Japanese sitting, kneeling, sitting. Um, whatever's a symmetrical way you can sit that's comfortable. And then stretch out your arms to the side. And here, wait, put our arms down. Let's put our arms down and talk about this for a second. I'm convinced when Moshe Feldenkrais invented all these lessons and had hundreds of people doing them in 1981, people's shoulders were not nearly as wrecked as they are now. In the intervening 25, 35 years, we've sat in cars and we've sat at computers. And we really, wow, there's a lot of, it can be surprisingly difficult just to hold your arms out to your side, right? So I really want you, and this is actually what I do when I'm doing a lesson, I probably spend much less time actually doing the movement than anyone else in the room. I listen to the instruction. I think about it. I think about what I think it might feel like. And then I go do it once or twice. Then I go, okay, that was interesting. I'm going to think about it some more. My day job is in philosophy, so that's easy for me, maybe. But try it out. Everyone can do it, right? And just, so the idea is we're going to roll our arms in the same way you were doing lying on the floor, but now you're sitting. So think about stretching your arms out to the side. Just go inside yourself now and imagine that feeling. You're going to stretch your arms out to the side. Okay, and imagine, okay, what's the minimal effort I can do so I'm not already all scrunched up in my shoulders when I do that? And then imagine rolling your fists down and back to where you started from. Think about what that's going to feel like. And then when you've got a bit of an image and a sense of what that's going to look like, go ahead, stretch out your arms, and do it just a few times. Do it just a few times so that you can compare what it actually feels like to your expectations. And you can do your own combination of imagining and actually doing that works for you. If your shoulders get at all tired, then put your arms down and imagine it. Roll down and then roll up. Go through the full range rolling down and rolling up and see what that's like. And as many rests as just go ahead and rest any time. You might just do it twice and then rest and think about it. And then when you go back to do it again, think of how you could do less. You could still feel, you might even feel more if you do less. And now add into it all that stuff we were doing with the head and the pelvis. So as you roll your hands down, and you can just think about this to start with, as you roll your heads down, head down, look down, as you roll your hands down, look down with your head, let that rolling from your fist curve your back, curl it to look down. And then as you roll up, you tilt your pelvis forwards, look up. And so the whole movement of your spine now supports the movement of your shoulders. And I know it's super fascinating, so you're going to want to do it a million times. But again, pay attention to your own feeling and rest. Take as many rests as you need to, as you want to, maybe even more. Rest and think about it as much as you actually do it.
And then when you take it up again, do the opposite of your head. Take your head and your arms in opposite directions. So take a rest again before you embark on that. And think about it. Think about rolling your fists down while looking up and rolling your fists up while looking down. And if you already thought you were doing a small movement, a hint for you is you're going to do a really small movement now because this is in opposition. It's not the easiest. So listen to the limitations. Respect them. Just go in the opposite direction. See if you can keep your elbows more or less straight. And then do it together again, everything unified, looking down as you roll your fists down, looking up as you roll up, and you can think about it or you can actually do it. Take your time. And then when you're ready to rest, go ahead and lie on your back and take another rest. And in the rest, you return to your scan, and it's your own scan. You notice what you notice. The support of the floor is important, but maybe you notice other things. And then bend your knees and stand your feet. Stand your knees over your feet. Stretch out your arms to the side. Your hands in loose fists. That's interesting. People's arms must be getting longer. They have to move away from the wall. (laughs) And lift your head and roll your arms down. 
And then as you come down, lift your pelvis and roll your arms up. So you're kind of like a seesaw now, going back and forth. Lift your head, roll your arms down. And you might not want the cushions behind your head now. That might get in the way. See if it's getting in the way, creating a traffic jam at your neck. Roll your arms down, lift your head, roll your arms up, lift your pelvis. And then like this, gently, easy on yourself. Can you make it opposite? Can you roll your arms down and lift your pelvis and roll your arms up and lift your head? And I really mean like it's playing with the idea. So you might do more, no more than just barely think aloud. Don't, no strain, no, don't mess yourself up. Just almost like you're thinking aloud, like what would it be like to do that opposite? It's very little, play with the idea. Yeah, great. And then leave that and stretch out and take a rest. And now uh, here's a reference for people who have come to classes for some time. You know, sometimes we talk about the five lines of the body. So you imagine yourself like a stick figure got a line for the spine, you've got a line for each leg, you've got a line for each arm, this little circle on the top, very universal representation of the human being. We're going to do a little variation. We're going to think about a variation on that tonight. What if you were actually made up out of three lines? What would the three lines be? So start with the line of your spine, take your awareness to your tailbone, and just let your awareness travel up almost as though there were little fingers traveling up your back one vertebra at a time. You trace out the whole line of your spine. You follow along that line. Trace it up in your mind's eye to the base of your skull. Trace it down. And as you trace over it, just start to ignore a little bit all of its idiosyncrasies. So tracing up with your fingers, you find maybe it turns or it twists or it's got little idiosyncrasies. But as you trace up and down, Get yourself more and more to just the pure direction. What's the direction? What's the line between your tailbone and the base of your skull and the top of your skull? Because we're talking about direction. It keeps on going. Just feel that like it's a line. It's a little more abstract than actually feeling your spine. Just feel the line of the direction of your spine. And now let's think about the legs. And instead of thinking about that as two lines, think about that as like an upside-down V. It's one line. Start at one heel and follow the direction up to your hip joint. And imagine this line turns a corner from one side of your hip to the one side of your pelvis to the other and then comes down to the other heel. And just go up and down. Follow up the direction of one leg. Imagine that your leg line continues through your pelvis to come out the opposite hip joint and down to your heel, your toes on the other side. And just trace that back and forth. Trace it like it's not two limbs stuck onto your body, but it's one limb joined through the middle of your pelvis. Trace it like that. 
And then for your arms, can you get the same feeling for your arms? Stretch out your arms at that 90-degree angle. Stretch them straight out at your side. And now it's really clear. Your arms are like one long line all the way from one fingertip across your back, all this area where we have this major collision of functions and too much time at the computer and stress with our lives and whatever's going on in our shoulders. Just forget about it. Notice it's there, but also just find that line from one hand to the other hand. So you've got a line through your shoulders, the line of your arms. And then bend your knees and stand your feet. And see, in this configuration, can you think about all those three lines together? You've got the line of your spine, the line of your arms, and now this kind of upside-down V-shape of your legs, which now has bends in the knee. That's fine, but you think of the general direction from the foot up to the hip joint, turning the corner from the hip joint down to the foot, and then all of it together. Can you have a picture of it all together, those three lines? A little head on the top and those three lines. And now loose, bring your hands into this loose fist again. And begin now to roll one fist up and the other fist down. Roll one fist up and the other fist down at the same time. So you're twisting your left arm up and your right arm down, and then vice versa, your right arm up and your left arm down. And keep in mind that line, the line of your spine, your neck can stay calm, peaceful. And this line across the center of you kind of twists. It's sort of like you've got a towel and you're holding on to the two ends and you're wringing it, one down, one up, the other up, and then down. Taking your wrists, your um, fists, your wrists in opposite directions and feeling how that just transparently can pass through all that schmozzle of your chest and shoulders. It's just that pure line, that pure direction. And as you roll the one arm up, lengthen it a little bit. And as you roll it down, let it shorten. So you alternately lengthen the left hand as it rolls up and then lengthen the right hand as it rolls up, just like you want to reach another five millimeters out to the side. Just a really gentle lengthening of the hand that rolls up. Then maybe your head starts to turn. Or maybe your head doesn't. Might take us more to make that connection. good. Leave that. Stretch out your legs. Take a rest. Again, scanning. What do you notice? 
and then come up to sit again. And sit in some kind of symmetrical way. That would mean either a kind of Japanese kneeling or with the soles of your feet together. If you're cross-legged, then you're not actually symmetrical. Try some symmetrical option. And then bring your arms out to the side. And with your arms out to the side, you just think about this first as I describe it before you hold your arms out. With your arms out to the side, roll one fist up and roll the other fist down. Roll one arm up and the other down. One elbow up and the other down, the whole length of the arm. So you find that line across your shoulders. And as you do that, start to look towards the arm that rolls up. Imagine you're looking towards the arm that rolls up, turning and even tilting in that direction. So you take advantage of your symmetrical position you're sitting in to be able to tilt and reach and look up with the arm that's rolling up. Turn your head away from the arm that's rolling down. And just slowly go back and forth from side to side with your arms and these loose fists and taking as many rests as you'd like to. Imagine it. And then come back to it and come back to it when you can feel how shifting your weight, tilting and reaching from side to side can help you turn that arm up and look towards that upturned hand. And whatever combination of doing and imagining works for you, you do that. Keeping the line in mind, the line of your arms, the line of your spine. Okay, and then leave that and come onto your back. Take a rest on your back. And then again, bend your knees and stand your feet. Stretch out your arms at that 90-degree angle. And let's just leave our arms there for a moment. Let's leave our arms in that position, and let's explore something we could do from our feet to uh, connect to our arms. 
So begin to push with your left foot to lift the left side of your pelvis and roll your pelvis to the right. Your right leg can more or less stay standing and passive, but you push with your left foot to roll your pelvis to the right and then come back to the floor. Easy. And just notice a few things about how you do that. For example, can you keep your knee standing directly over your foot? Just push with your left foot, roll your pelvis to the right, lift the left side of your pelvis. And you can adjust the position of your foot and make sure that you've got your foot in a good place to support you. Maybe it'll be easier if you go a little bit out or you come a little bit in. And imagine your um, shin bone is incredibly strong. Your shin bone along that longitudinal axis, an elephant could come and sit on it. That's how much force you can get from the floor. So you've got a lot of strength in that. If you keep your knee nicely aligned over your foot, if you sort of wobble your knee from side to side and an elephant sits on it, then you might be in trouble. So make use of that, really. Can your knee stay over your foot? It gives you lots of access to the support of the floor, so you roll your pelvis, lifting the left side of your pelvis, rolling your pelvis to the right, and feeling how does that travel up your back and what happens in your shoulders and their contact with the floor. So when you push with your left foot, roll your pelvis to the right, do you feel the weight traveling to that area behind your right shoulder? Do you feel how the weight travels over there? And you become heavier on your right shoulder and lighter on your probably your left mid-back, maybe even upper back lift away from the floor. Feel that. Feel your own pattern of using the whole length of your torso here. Maybe your head notices something's happening. See if your head moves or nods or rolls or anything. It doesn't have to. It doesn't not have to. It's just to notice. And then just leave that and stretch out and take a rest. And feel the results of that. Does one side feel longer? Does one leg lie differently? And then bend your knees and stand your feet again. And stretch your arms out at 90 degree angle, your hands in a loose fist. And now let's do this with the other foot. So push gently with your right foot and with your knee poised right over your right foot. Lift the right side of your pelvis, roll your pelvis to the left slowly. And you might do it a few times, you might feel your left knee goes open when you roll your pelvis. Maybe that's what happens. If you can leave your left knee just facing towards the ceiling, that's good, but it might take a while to find that. And just play with that. So you're really pushing with your right foot, using your right knee very solidly, whole length of your shin. 
It's like a funny lever that rolls your pelvis to the left, lifts the right side of your pelvis, roll your pelvis to the left. And then you feel all the weight behind your back and your shoulders. And feel how this kind of pours the weight of your torso towards your left shoulder as you push with your right foot. And maybe that's clearer on this side. Maybe it's not as clear. This diagonal relationship, it's very important. Often much clearer on one diagonal than the other. You use it all the time in daily life. Just slowly exploring and feeling for yourself how that pressure from underneath your right foot rolls your pelvis and takes your weight towards your left shoulder many times. And then leave that and stretch out and take a rest. And then bend your knees and stand your feet. Stretch your arms out at a 90-degree angle. And now we're going to do some time, now between now and the end of the lesson, of do-it-yourself Feldenkrais. So you've got your arms out, have your hands in a loose fist. And basically, you have three different elements. You can roll one arm up and lengthen it and roll the other arm down, shortening it. Just remind yourself of that element a few times, rolling one arm up and the other arm down, lengthening the arm that you're rolling up. It's one element. And another element's rolling your head from side to side, so start to add that element. Do you want to roll your head towards the arm that's lengthening up or the arm that's rolling down? Up to you. See what makes sense to you. And then element number three you have is you can lift one side of your pelvis and shift the weight up your back on the opposite side or lift the other side of your pelvis and have your feet decent distance apart. Have your feet and your knees kind of hip or shoulder width apart. And now you for yourself with all those three elements start to sort through them. Try different combinations. See whether you want to roll the pelvis away from the arm that rolls up or roll it towards the arm that rolls up? Which way do you want to roll your pelvis? What makes sense to you? What feels like it's creating a collision of different intentions and what feels like it all fits together?
This is really interesting to do. Behind the structure of many lessons, there's some kind of set of combinations like this. What do you do with your feet and your pelvis? What do you do with your shoulders? What do you do with your head and neck? And often what I'm doing is taking you through those combinations in a really slow way, in a way much slower than any of us would do left to our own devices, so that you can really feel the differences and feel how they connect. And now this is something you can do for yourself with any movement, anything you're learning or anything you're exploring. You can kind of take it apart and put it back together yourself. And the biggest challenge for you will be to slow yourself down and give yourself the time to feel each option and not go too fast. I'm very conscious summer is coming up and we're down to the last three weeks of classes and now I start into like coaching you on self-feldenkrais at home. Can you use these basic ideas? And you could do this with anything. Feel how they go together. Feel what the opposite feels like. I'll leave you to guide that yourself. And then whenever you're satisfied, when you feel like you've learned something about how all the pieces connect together, and that was interesting to you and you don't need to do any more, then you can slowly leave it. And stretch out your legs. Bring your arms down alongside you. And come back to scanning your contact with the floor, feeling where you're resting on the floor and getting the support from the floor, where you're barely touching the floor, where you're pressing into the floor, and see if there's any more easy sense of taking support from the floor or contact behind your back perhaps and then slowly at your own pace when you're ready you can roll to sit and then come up to stand As you come up to stand, 
If she says at your own pace, but she charges ahead. Okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. You can vote with your bodies. I'll wait. And as we come up to stand, it could be interesting just to feel for a few moments how do your arms hang. Maybe you didn't notice that before you walked in here, but maybe it feels different. And then just slowly, don't worry about the mats, don't worry about picking stuff up. Just for a few minutes, go walk around. You can even go walk out in the hallway. Just go for kind of a silent walk with yourself and see what walking feels like. See what you see when you look around, what your breathing feels like, just what all that experience gives you when you come back up into gravity, as we call it, when you're upright now in gravity.